think I have to go back in time in order to really explain this rut. Mm. Because when I was trying to explain it to my therapist, I felt like the best route to her understanding was 11 years ago, <laughs> I went through this thing mm. and this feels identical. And it was exactly, it was all the same elements. It was the lack of support, even though I was in college and had institutional support at the time. And especially what we were just talking about, about like creativity being your means of um, making a living mm. and stuff like that. So, okay. There was a very specific feeling to being in my mid twenties and having accomplished so much, like I'm 24, 25 years old, I'm already writing professionally. Yeah. Like getting paid to write at a professional level. I've already written like a novel and a novella and I've just like worked my ass off to become a better creative writer. Yeah. But then you're in your mid 20s and you can't actually enter the field. You can in special exceptions, but you can't actually like enter a field professionally and make a living without that piece of paper, without that degree. Yeah. And again, you can't. Yeah, yeah. So what I was getting at is like you get to this point in your mid 20s, or at least I did, where everything has added up to I've earned the right to be more than this. Yep. I've earned some recognition that I'm not just a, still a college student. Yeah. Like, what am I after all of this work, extracurricular work even? Like, what am I now in my mid-20s, which I realize now is pretty young. Yeah. You know, but at the time it's like, God, I, why aren't I more established than this? Like, I've put in the work. Yeah. And so the disheartening feeling then was I've put in this work, I've been working at a professional level on things that were not even expected of me, mm -hmm. but I've gone after them because I want them. Yeah. And I've done all of the requisite labor to now be recognized as this person beyond where I beyond the level that I'm at now. Yeah. Why don't I have it? And that's essentially what I'm feeling now. Yeah. Is it's it's a little bit more than like the lack of the institution or the recognition from the ins whatever institutions I would like to be a part of now. Yeah. And it's also, I've continued to do all of this creative work. Yeah. Pay me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's where there's like kind of a funny paradox to it that yeah. I've kind of seen over the years. Like I think you and I had kind of similar paths in this respect that you start to want to buck that institution and that, sometimes even that support and definitely that structure and those, those guidelines mm -hmm. at, at certain ages, it starts to become very apparent that you can, and then you do actually start to buck them. And it's kind of like almost impossible to see in that moment that you're still either in the institution or benefiting from the institution. Like yeah. you might be the asshole dancing around on the lawn while everyone else is in the institution, <laughs> but you're not yet getting kicked off the property. And then you turn like 25 and you're kicked off the property <laughs> and everybody else has been in there following the rules and they like, they got a place to go. Like they have a next destination and it's like that crashing realization where you kind of find out that you've onboarded so many 
of the normative pressures mm -hmm. of that institution without realizing that they were just normative pressures. They're not like fates. Because mm. I felt the same thing when I turned 25. It was a devastating birthday because I was just like, <laughs> holy shit, I'm nothing. I have never yeah. done anything. Yeah. And it was, I remember distinctly saying like two or three years before that, if I died today, I genuinely wouldn't have any regrets. I have absolutely made mistakes. I have had horrible years or whatever, but like, if I died right now, I have left nothing to be seen. Like this is, I have done everything I can. Yeah. And then it's like something sl like flipped. And I was like, oh my God, I have nothing. I am nothing. Everything <laughs> I've done has failed. Holy shit. It's funny how that happens. Cause I mean, like for the, for you, your body of work by the time you turned 25 was enough. But like, it hadn't done anything. Yeah. And I realized like, yeah, great. I got, it's that Brandy Carlisle line that haunts me to this day that, these stories don't mean anything if you've got no one to tell them to. Uh -huh. And everyone was, would say, like, well, you got stories. I'm like, who gives a shit? I don't have <laughs> anything else. Yeah. I just am a madman yelling stories. Like, yeah. I've busked for plenty of those people. They all got stories. But people walk by them and throw dimes at them and shit. Like, I don't, I want to keep doing this and I can't do that if I'm kind of resigned to that fate. But I realized that I had just taken on these these norms and these plans that I had already torn everything else down around. Because mm -hmm. there's no promise that the same progression applies to anything creative. You know, it's like, right. if you think about it, I mean, yeah, it would be fucking phenomenal to get paid for this stuff at any time. But people make it when they're 17 and they make more money than most people will ever make across an entire family tree yeah. before they even are old enough to graduate college. Other people work until they're 80 and then finally get recognized. Some people never do and they still make good work. You got people like Nick Drake and it's like all up and down. It doesn't seem to matter in terms of those same benchmarks, which I don't think is a comfort thing. It's, it's more of like, I don't know how you progress so close to that institution without taking on those norms. But the instant everyone else actually makes that change when you're like, they have graduated. Cause that was the thing I noticed. Like my friends were graduating at like the appointed times and it wasn't getting to me because there were still like the people who were going into master's programs. There were still the people who had gone in late, taken gap years, whatever. Yeah. So you were still shielded. Yeah. But then you hit that age where like people are either going back to school or they're you <laughs> or they're fine. Right. <laughs> and yeah. like, those are the three buckets that everybody kind of seems to fall into at that point. If you're within the blast radius of that institution and it gets really hard to ignore without a sufficient riptide of creativity pulling you along. Yeah. And the instant that's threatened by anything, it starts to get so real in a very untortured artist way. And that was, I noticed myself a profound change then. And it, that's, I'm feeling that a little bit now. So is it similar to that? Do you think this rut, like, is it those elements of that crisis? Do you think at all or? Yeah, it has a bit to do with the pace at which you evolve like that. Yeah. yeah. Especially like I was telling Kate the other night, like, a, like there's this phagic element to when I've felt like a failure and when I haven't, yeah, yeah, you know, and like when I haven't felt like a failure is when I feel like I'm 
permitted to work at my own pace. Yep. And when I have, it's when I feel that I can't work at everybody else's pace. Yeah, definitely. You know? So there was this period where I was, you know, just a college dropout and kept saying like, I'll go back to school when I'm ready to be a student again. Yeah. You know, and we meaning when I feel that I can be a student at someone else's pace. Yeah. Because I think like I'm always capable of learning as a hobby. Yeah. You know, whether it be reading, watching documentaries, whatever, like at my own pace. Mm. But I also reached a point where I felt like I had done nothing but write for years and years and years yeah. at my own pace, but was rarely capable of keeping up with academics mm. at somebody else's pace. Yeah. And um, that's important to learn about yourself, I think, especially if you're like considering going back to school. But I think we're not taught to learn that about ourselves. I think we're just taught to like meet other people's expectations, like meet the expectations of those who have authority over us. Yeah. And that's it. And that's part of the problem is that like I came to resent that there was an authority. This is why it's a very similar feeling to now. Mm. Because back then I resented that there was an authority telling me that I had to participate in the academic work in order to merit doing the creative work. Yeah. And now I feel like there's an authority telling me that I have to, there isn't an actual like institutional authority the way that there was back then. But it feels as though there's an authority saying you have to take on work that you don't want to survive yeah, in order to keep and, doing the creative work. And it's scary because by their, I mean, there's going to be a lot of the like quote unquote, they quote unquote, everyone, like, yeah. but by their rule book, that's not wrong because according to that plan, the flip side of like, if you don't succeed at that trajectory, if you don't succeed at that sort of plan that's laid out for everybody, or if you diverge in the wrong ways from it, that is what happens mm -hmm. according to their fucking fable. It's like you end up <laughs> yeah. sort of wandering around in the brush while everyone else stays in the city. And the consequence of that is like, yeah, screw it. Figure out a way to make money. Mm -hmm. you, you know so much better than all of us. And like, mm -hmm. it sucks because it's like that sort of like that invention that can get you through it when you're safe enough is like, it starts to become the only thing. But it, it's, yeah, it's scary because it's, it's really hard to remove yourself completely, even from that, even from the negative space of that institution. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of the whole like the thing we probably mentioned it before, but the idea that like very few people can actually live off the grid. Yeah. Because even if you're off the grid, you're the black spot on the grid, which means you're on the grid. <laughs> it's kind of like right. that. Yeah. Like, yeah. You might not. You might be the most like card carrying college dropout. You've bucked every aspect of the institution, but it's great. Now you're you're in column B. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we still mm -hmm. know where you are, <laughs> and it comes back to haunt you at those junctures in life where everybody else has these collective milestones. It's really hard to ignore. And I don't think it's necessarily possible to check that in the moment. Or I don't even know if anybody would have the materials to properly check that in the moment, because especially mm. if you're passionate about something, because then it's practically lust. I mean, you're just mm. consumed by it. So it's yeah, it's it's so weird. And I, I find myself like pretty heartbroken when I think back to that. I had like when I was probably dropping out of college, similar kind of a feeling. Cause it's like 
I can't necessarily say that everybody was wrong or right. Cause I all, I asked, I genuinely asked people for answers about this stuff. Like when I was dropping out in that process, that wasn't like an immediate thing. That was kind of a, like, I am pulling really hard away from this. I want out. Mm-hmm. But anytime somebody would sit me down and say, even if it was just filing the paperwork and they would genuinely try to like belabor that process. And I would ask them like, screw it. Like, give me a reason. And nobody ever could. And I was really looking for one. But it was the only answers anyone ever gave me were like, you're going to regret this, which, I mean, <laughs> fucking bingo, that ended up future. <laughs> but uh, they didn't say why. They just said, yeah. you're going to end up being abnormal. You're going to end up, just get that piece of paper. It'll be easier. Get that job. It'll be, and it was like, that's not an answer. You just, mm. you're just reinforcing your position that I've already shown you can't logically defend. Yeah. Besides appealing to like how painful this is going to be. Yeah. And no one could adequately describe the pain. Because if they could describe this shit, mm-hmm. I would never have fucking dropped out too. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I like to think yeah. that I would have had that integrity, but I, I think this is this sucks. There's also an element to the dread that is like a lot of the pressure that was being put on me to go back to school was from family members who were completely disregarding the state of my mental health at the time. Yeah, yeah. And to be fair, I was also disregarding my mental health at the time. Yeah. And sort of willingly suffering a little bit uh, because it helped the art. Yeah. Can't deny that. But no. um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but putting the pieces back together, I started to acknowledge that and I started to be vocal about it. And there are some people in my life who were just like, Oh, you were depressed? Well, you know, you need just suck it up and get a degree. You know, yeah. so like you're going to have days when you're not well. Doesn't mean that you should starve that day mm. because you can't bring yourself to work, you know, mm-hmm. stuff like that. So even even that, just like knowing my mental health history, mm-hmm. it scares me. And this is a completely different issue, really. But it scares me knowing that like I won't be able to engage in the kind of self-care that I might need to mm-hmm. or be able to like take mental health days when I need to. Yep. Like, surviving is just a burden. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> well, it's like that realization that you need society. Yeah. You know, it's like realizing what the community means in a practical sense or what society means in a practical sense. Like it's an easy thing to shit on because it just implies compromise and sometimes in the wrong ways especially in the sense of like your identity or whatever but it also is a safety net and it's in its most idealistic form it's the thing that means we all don't have to be going full throttle all the time so that we can take a chill pill every so often when we Mm -hmm. have to and it's like it sucks to realize that you need that because there are definitely people who can go just hard scrabble like tough it out every second of every day and like yeah who knows if they're happy probably not all the time but they can do it they have the fortitude and to be honest i've always kind of had a suspicion that they in general they probably aren't wired to pick at some of the wounds that you and i have gotten such great joy out of picking at (laughs) because this shit would never sustain without an occasional like okay hold on i gotta like breathe for a day Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because it leads nowhere right now like picking at anything existential good god that serves no survivalistic purpose yeah the best survivalistic purpose that could serve is to not know 
mm-hmm. about these questions <laughs> and just keep going. So it's like, yeah, it's it's really bittersweet, mostly bitter. Yeah. It almost comes back to the red pill, blue pill thing. Like, I think this is the wicked downside to like knowing that truth, quote unquote truth, like the looking at stuff from the other side, you're alone, you're without protection, you're, you mm. don't even have to be right. Mm. You're just different. Mm. And it's up to you to shoulder the burden of hanging on long enough that you're right or that it's interesting (laughs) (laughs) or that your podcast takes off or (laughs) whatever the hell the case may be. It's just you start to realize that it's a burden until the royalties start coming in, even if you love it. 